Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I am your host, Nikki Ballou, and we are doing another one of our exciting thought leader nuggets, thought leader nugget number 43. But before we get into it, there's something I want to tell you. We are living in unprecedented times in the history of our world. Right now, governments around the world over the past two years have been stepping all over our rights and freedoms. Even governments in the so-called free West have been taking advantage of the fear created by the pandemic in order to assert a level of control over people's lives that is absolutely unprecedented. And here in my home country of Canada, a brave band of men and some women have gone up and said, enough, these truckers led by folks like Pat King, the real Pat King, have done something that has given millions upon millions of people hope, not just in Canada, but all across the globe. And if you're someone who believes in freedom, if you're someone who believes that it is our birthright to live free and not be controlled by the powers that be, then I urge you to support what these folks are doing. Provide them money, go out there and be a part of the protests in a peaceful way, and in other ways, make your feelings known to your elected representatives. What these men have done has forced the conservative party to jettison a weak leader And right now they have a great interim leader and they're on the verge of selecting a very freedom-minded leader, Pierre Paul And the Liberal Party has had two MPs publicly come out against the lockdowns. And they have both said that they're the ones speaking publicly, but they're not the only ones doing what, they're not the only ones who feel as they feel. I think it's important for all of us to keep up the pressure, the peaceful protest, to let the government know that we are done with this. And we want our freedoms back. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) Thought leader nugget number 43. This is about being an authority. Here's a quote from the great Nelson Mandela. There's no passion to be found in playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one that you're capable of living. Okay. How can you be someone who can live a life that is the one that you're capable of living? Well, by becoming an authority. So how do you become an authority? Well, you can't become an authority just by calling yourself one. My mentor, the great Matt Church, once said that an expert is someone who knows something, but an authority is someone who's known for knowing something. You don't become an expert until you've done the work. You need to have put in your 10,000 plus hours in your field and have developed something worth talking about and sharing with the people who most need your help. But knowing something and being known for knowing something are two very different things. You can, at least for a while, be known for knowing something and not actually know it. There are tons of people out there in the marketplace who wrote a book, appeared on a podcast, on a radio show, on a TV show, or gave a speech. All of these are powerful marketing tools, and they can get you known. But the problem with being known and not knowing your stuff is that eventually you'll be caught out. 
To be an authority with longevity, you need to be known for it and actually know your stuff and be able to powerfully and clearly communicate it. You actually need to have real expertise. You need to have lived and experienced enough to know what you're talking about. You see what I mean? You do, don't you? There's a lot of folks out there who don't have the expertise, but they are really good at putting themselves out there as an expert through books, TV, radio, podcast appearances, and whatnot. And they're being recognized as authorities. But in most cases, they eventually get found out and their reputation goes to hell in a handbasket. And these people are taking other people's money and they don't deliver. They are not true experts. They are not real authorities because, you know, they don't have what it takes, even though for a while they fooled everybody else. And then there are those two experts who are not authorities simply because they're not known for knowing something that they don't ever get a chance to do the good that they're meant to do in the world. They never get to make their dent in the universe. They don't get to taste commercial success. And because of this, they go through life feeling like a failure with their purpose unfulfilled and their potential untapped. These are the people that the great, late, great Dr. Wayne Dyer said die with their potential fully intact, right? So could this have been you? I mean, are you an expert? Do you know things, but you're not yet an authority and that's what you really need to be? So that's the case. You might be thinking to yourself, how do I do that? Well, great question. First and foremost, you need to discover your expertise, okay? So me and my lovely partner in life and business, Teresa, we've created an online course exactly by that name that shows you how to do it. We offer it as part of our package when you sign up for our quarterly live immersion workshops. So if you want to do that, you can just go to our website, eastcircleacademy.com to find out more just to register for it. You know, once you do that and you get access to discover your expertise, it's got two hours of awesome content that'll help you nail exactly what your genius is. This is our own IP and we draw somewhat on Matt Church's thinking, which he developed in Australia over a 20-year period, you'll get to take a deep dive into your past and understand what your life to date has been all about and what the major milestones are that have brought you to where you are today and helped you develop a body of expertise in certain areas. And once you've done that, we have you come up with 52 statements of things you've learned over the course of your life that no one else has come up with or knows to the depth and breadth that you do. So how's this work? Here's an example. So in my own case, I was born in Tehran, Iran, and I grew up with an international, global, uh, and cosmopolitan outlook. And in that type of environment, I went to an American school in Iran, and my friends were from all over the world, Iran, the United States, United Kingdom, Europe, the Middle East, Indian subcontinent, East Asia, Latin America, and Africa. These experiences opened me up to understanding people and befriending them. I am very skilled at connecting with people and at empathizing with them. I am a super connector. I also grew up in a family where being smart, doing well in school, sticking up for yourself and being kind and generous were strongly modeled, encouraged, and taught. So I grew up with these as strong values. I also grew up with a rebellious streak, and I don't like being told what to do. This upbringing brought me to a place where I'm generous, kind, intelligent, assertive, pushy, persistent, enthusiastic, persuasive, and relentless. So my expertise is in persuasion, generosity, persistence, empathy, communication, freedom, and pushiness. <laughs> So if you know me, you can see that is all true about me, okay? And as a result of my expertise, the key value I provide to my clients is a high level of professional accountability to get things done that need to get done but are not getting done for reasons that range from laziness to fear to being disorganized. 
And additionally, I really care about my clients. I give a hoot and a good gosh darn, and they know that and they can feel that. That means that they trust me and that trust allows me to register them into my programs and offerings. So what am I a thought leader in exactly? Well, in winning and accountability and commitment and persuasion and persistence in masculine presence. And the programs I offer include eCircle Academy, which helps stuck solopreneurs get unstuck, make a lot of money and live a life of purpose as thought leaders in their niche. Um, I have an accountability program for men seeking to level up their lives called the Sovereign Circle. Uh, and I have a um, program for men CEOs to help them level up as men and to really take advantage of the connection economy because they're one great connection away from taking their life for their business from tragic to magic or even from magic to super magic. And I also have a program for separated fathers whose wives have left them to make their life great again in weeks and months versus years, decades or never. And that's pretty awesome stuff. You know, Dr. Robert Cialdini talks about authority as one of the six principles of influence in the seminal book, Influence the Psychology of Persuasion. The principle of authority is to establish yourself as the go-to guy or gal on your subject matter area of expertise. This differentiates you in the mind of the prospect as someone worth listening to. As a psychological precept, authority is very powerful in terms of persuading people to follow your guidance. How it works as a principle of influence is that people submit to someone in authority regardless of what they themselves might think. A classic example of that is a doctor in a white lab coat. People tend to listen to what a doctor has to say regardless of any opinions they may have to the contrary because a doctor is presumed to be someone who knows better than they do, someone who's an authority. I mean, and that's true, isn't it? Don't you tend to listen to doctors, to policemen, or to other authority figures, especially if they're wearing a uniform? Absolutely you do. But most entrepreneurs don't have the benefit of a uniform like a doctor in a white lab coat or a policeman. We need to build authority in other ways. Having a book that shows off your expertise is the equivalent of being the doctor in the white lab coat. Yeah, you get that, right? Yeah. So you're getting it. Good stuff. We are exactly like that doctor, an emergency room doctor, and our client is like a patient with a bleeding belly. And our job is in establishing authority is to show our patient that we are indeed a doctor. And in fact, the doctor, they need to stop the bleeding in their belly and have them be well on their way to recovery. Okay. And remember this, when you're meeting with a prospect, you've got to have a strong posture. They need you. You are the authority. Don't act like a jerk, but also don't give away your power. The patient doesn't argue with his doctor while he's bleeding. He lets his doctor do his job and stop the bleeding, right? So during the meeting, you focus your questions on uncovering his real pain points and demonstrate how your perspective can help him solve his problems. The best way to do this is to use third-party testimonials from people you've helped solve problems for that are identical or at least similar to that of your prospect. If you've worked with famous or celebrity clients, name drop. People trust celebrity endorsements. And if they have some, and if you have some, you should use them, okay? But if you don't, it's all good. Um, I've had some A-lister and celebrity clients, uh, and you know it's a cool thing to have, but you know it took me a long time to get them. I cultivated and built the relationships, right? And I've done this very effectively several times. I used my relationship with the top business executive to connect with Olympic champion Mark McCoy and found out that Mark was interested in writing a book, and I helped Mark put a book together. And then Mark connected me to Olympic champion Donovan Bailey. And over time, I built trust with both of them and became their business partner. And I used my relationship with a friend and client to befriend Raymond Aaron, 
who is, you know, a number one best-selling author of books like Chicken Soup for the Canadian Soul. And through Raymond, I met and befriended Jack Canfield, Robin Sharma, Barbara DeAngelis, Lynn Twist, Mark Victor Hansen, Joe Vitale, Ivan Meisner, all of whom are among the very top experts and thought leaders in their field on the planet. And my connection to all these A-listers have helped me brand and differentiate myself in the marketplace. Many prospects have flat out told me that the key reason they choose to do business with me is that so many A-listers trust me as their go-to coach. So does that mean it's possible to get A-list and celebrity clients? Absolutely. They're people just like anybody else. They have problems and pain points just like anybody else that they want solved. And if you know what these pain points are and you have a good solution, you can get yourself introduced. How? Simple. Take advantage of the law of six degrees of separation. In fact, today in the internet age, in the social media age, it's probably two degrees of separation. You can go scan the gossip or business pages, find out which A-listers are experiencing the problem that you solve or that someone you know well solves. Then find out which of your contacts have A-listers in their network and get yourself introduced to them. Figure out ways to add real and massive value to these folks and then build your relationship and trust with them. That's how I did it, right? I got introduced to Mark McCoy because he was recently retired and looking for a way forward in his post-retirement. I offered him that. I got introduced to one of the world's top transformational leaders because I read a story that he was looking to get fit. And I sent a secretary a well-crafted email, name-dropping that I trained some of his contemporaries and he hired me. We became friends too. You know, um, if you've always wanted to work with someone like Elon Musk, it's doable. You just got to find someone in your network who knows him or knows someone who knows him. He's at most two degrees of separation away from you. If you're committed to meeting him, you can and will find a way, okay? But in the meantime, focus on building your authority in ways other than working with celebrities and getting their endorsement, okay? Um, so you might be thinking to yourself, well, Nikki, you talked about writing a book. Is writing a book a good way to get yourself established as an authority? Yes, it is. When's the right time to do that? That's a great question, Right? Because writing a book does establish you as an authority. You're literally the person who wrote the book on the subject, and that's what makes you an authority. But there's a right time and a wrong time to write a book. If you haven't figured out your expertise, writing a book won't do you much good. You need to do the hard thinking and the hard work of capturing your expertise in a structured way. Once you've done that, then you can and absolutely should write your book. So I wrote a book called Finish Line Thinking How to Think and Win Like a Champion based on my years of working with champion athletes, top thought leaders, and billionaires who have the mindset of a champion performer. I use that book to get myself lots and lots of speaking gigs, which led to lots and lots of sales. That book made me hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay. So writing a book would be a good thing. But before you write your book, we recommend you go get a few clients first. You got to do a proof of concept. Then you go write your book and use it as a business card and a lead magnet. It's absolutely going to make you stand out from the crowd. You will no longer be stuck in that sea of sameness with all the other newcomers, all the other coaches and trainers out there. So how many clients should you get before you write the book? Three at minimum. That'll give you enough of a grounding in real life experiences of your clients plus your own to make your book very valuable in solving the problems that your prospective clients have. Okay. Now, podcasting. What about creating a podcast? Well, I do a podcast, obviously, this one. So I've got a lot to say about this. The podcast has been a great platform for establishing me as an authority in my space. The content I've created in this podcast is fantastic content. It's called The Thought Leader Revolution. It's the number one podcast in the world for thought leaders. I interview the world's top thought leaders and iconic entrepreneurs and ask them to share their secrets and their wisdom on how they became a top thought leader with my audience. 
Okay. My past guests include people like Seth Godin, who's the number one New York Times bestselling author and thought leader, Mark Bowden, the world's number one expert on body language and the best-selling author of Winning Body Language, Barbara Corcoran, star of the hit ABC TV series, The Shark Tank, Kathy Ireland, the supermodel and super mogul and the CEO of the multi-billion dollar corporation, Kathy Ireland Worldwide, George Ross, the star of the hit series, The Apprentice and the former advisor to former president Donald J. Trump, Scott Adams, the creator of the Dilbert cartoon and a number one New York Times bestselling author, Jen Wiederstrom, the star of the hit TV series, The Biggest Loser, Tony Hawk, the world's greatest skateboarder, Jordan Harbinger, the host of the number one podcast, The Art of Charm, John Lee Dumas, host of the top 10 podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, Wayne Paselli, the former CEO of the Humane Society of USA, Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, Don Campbell, the founder of the Real Estate Investment Network and an eight times New York Times bestselling author, Bruce Bowser, CEO of the largest moving company in Canada, AMJ Campbell, Shep Hyken, the world's number one expert on customer service, host of the amazing radio show podcast, Stephen Mansfield, number one New York Times bestselling author and speaker, Ken Blanchard, number one New York Times bestselling author, iconic thought leader, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, creators of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, Marie Forlia, Oprah's coach. And the list goes on and on. It's a pretty amazing list, but it took me something to create all this. I had to have a business with clients first. I had a message of sorts. I had people who were interested in what I had to say and I had a good team that got me some awesome guests and did all the editing and sound work as well as all the writing and uploading. So do you need all that to launch a podcast? No, but you need, do need all that to launch a good professional, high quality podcast, the type of podcast that'll have you stand out as a thought leader in your space. So should you launch a podcast? Sure. Maybe not yet. If you're interested in learning how to do it, I've got a program that can show you how to do it. Reach out to me. I'll be happy to talk to you about it. But don't do it before you have enough clients and you've tested and honed your message and you have a group of people that really need your help and that you've successfully helped as part of the work that you do, right? Podcasting is a real commitment. It takes time and money to do it right. And it is an incremental game. There are very few podcasts that become successful right out of the gate. You need to take the time to do lots of shows, lots of episodes, learn from your mistakes, improve the show, get bigger guests, and continue to hone your skills as an interviewer. You also need to improve your messaging so that your audience knows why they should listen. My team and I, we've improved our podcast from day one. I started off with fewer than 100 listeners. Now I have thousands and thousands. Okay. A lot of... People who listen to my podcast call me the modern Napoleon Hill because I've interviewed many of the world's most iconic thought leaders and business visionaries. And I've been asking them thoughtful, probing questions about their secrets to success. 330 plus interviews in, I'm learning from the best thinkers and business minds in the world. That by itself is pretty extraordinary. And the fact that I've taken this learning and applied it to what I do and what I teach is what in my mind makes me the number one podcast on thought leaders and thought leadership in the world. And, you know, I've done a really great job of bringing this thinking and helping my clients, and my audience apply it to their business so they can be successful. And I got to tell you, so many people have told me that they've subscribed to my podcast, listened to a few episodes so they could get to know me and what I'm all about. And I look at the podcast as a platform that established me as a major thought leader. I believe that having a podcast 
was a way for me to interview top thought leaders in the area of expertise. And that was a way for me to show that I could be valuable to other thought leaders, especially those who are in a relatively early stage of their thought leaders business journey. So this show's generated fantastic content that I intend to use in a number of ways. One, I'm going to continue to use it to build my reputation, my platform as a top thought leader and a personal branding guru who has a proven track record of pulling in the interest and genius of the world's most iconic thought leaders to my audience and to my programs. And this is going to allow me to continue to grow my audience with the people that I most want to serve and to attract to my message and to my commercial programs. Secondly, I'm using what I'm learning from all these amazing thought leaders I've interviewed to put together a kick-ass online program where thought leaders called Discover Your Expertise. And the objective of this program is to help you get what your unique genius is so you can create structured and valuable IP that solves the most pressing problem for my niche. And by doing this, this program allows the people in my niche to stand out from the sea of sameness that far too many people find themselves in. And then the objective of this program is to have you add at least $250,000 a year to your income. Virtually all the thought leaders that I feature in this podcast are earning anywhere from quarter million to 25 million a year. And the questions I'm asking them are about specific aspects of what they do and how they do it that has them be so successful. Okay, but if I tried to do this a few years back, I'd have fallen flat on my face. And that's very important to understand. There's a right time to do everything. Here's another analogy from Matt Church. In martial arts, if you're a white belt, you shouldn't be trying black belt moves. You'll only screw it up and hurt yourself. A white belt should be pulling white belt moves. Doing a podcast is not a white belt move. It's a yellow belt move. It's something you do when you're making at least a quarter million dollars a year. If you do it sooner than that, it's hard to do it right and monetize it. But wait, Nikki, you're asking yourself, what if your only objective is to be a podcaster like John Lee Dumas? That can totally work. JLD's a good friend of mine. And I love it and adore the man. I respect him greatly. But for most people, trying to be JLD is just not going to work. Successful thought leaders take risks, but judicious risks, not crazy risks that have a small chance of panning out. Okay. So podcasting may not be something you're ready to do right now, but you can get on other people's podcasts. You can do that now. And even that's hard before you've established yourself. So what are some other ways you can establish yourself as an authority, especially early on? That's a great question. So building authority is not a one-time event. It's an ongoing evolution. It's like growing a tree. It needs constant attention and focus. There are several ways in which you can begin to build authority. These include speaking for public groups, such as chambers of commerce, nonprofits, schools, universities, and associations, writing and publishing articles for print and online publications, writing a book, testimonials and case studies from clients, getting on media like TV, radio, print and online magazines and newspapers, as well as blogs and podcasts. That's a lot, right? So what should you start with first? The lowest hanging fruit, probably the easiest and quickest way to establish your authorities to go and speak at universities and colleges. The people who run the programs at these organizations are often eager to have outside experts come and share their knowledge with their students. It's a fast way to garner credibility via association with an institute of higher learning. Speaking of business groups and associations, this is the next step up in establishing your credibility as an expert. If you have a roster of groups and companies that you've spoken for, it adds to your authority and credibility, right? So that's a great way to start. And another relatively quick way to establish your reputation is to offer to share your expertise with local and neighborhood papers. The next step is to get on regional media outlets and eventually work your way to a national one. 
the more high profile the media that you can be featured on, the better in terms of the reflective prestige and credibility that you're going to garner. Okay. And then testimonials and case studies from clients that you've delivered big results for are also excellent. Nothing bolsters your authority more than third parties who sing your praises. The bigger the brand, the person delivering the testimonial, the better. All right. So that's thought leader nugget number 43 on how to really establish yourself as an authority. I want to end off the podcast the same way I started it. My friend, we live in perilous times. Freedom itself is under assault. We here at this show stand for freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. We urge you to be part of the revolution, the peaceful revolution, to push back against the would-be tyrants here in the West. Let the people in your governments know that you're done with all these crazy restrictions that do not follow science and are all about control. Let them know that you're ready to get back to normal. You're ready to learn to live with the virus. And let them know that freedom is a value that is non-negotiable to you. Do that. And believe me, when you're old and gray and your little kids and grandkids, your little grandkids at that time, come and ask you, what did you do, grandma? What did you do, grandpa? Back in the year 2022, when the would-be tyrants were taking our freedoms away, you want to be able to tell them, I stood tall and I stood strong with the men and the women of the Freedom Convoy. And I helped roll back the tide of tyranny. And I helped preserve freedom for another generation. Remember that and act from that place. God bless you. God love you. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about the amazing things that we talked about here, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes or go to ecircleacademy.com. Check out all the resources we have there. Buy my book, The Thought Leader's Journey, and go deeper into some of the topics that we've been talking about today and use them to help grow your business. And if you need more help than that, Go to my website, ecyclocademy.com, and apply to jump on a call with me. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by ecircleacademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. 